With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everyone, this is John Alba from The Extreme Life of Mad Hardy. Now, every single week on the podcast, you get to hear me and my buddy Mad Hardy talk all about the great wrestling stories from his career. And if you notice at the beginning of the podcast, we like to talk about the current happenings in the wrestling world. Well, that's not the only time all week long I get to do that. In fact, I've got a website I want to tell you all about. That is WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. This is your chance to interact with me one-on-one every single week, multiple times, whether it's Ask Alba Q&As, tape studies where we break down famous wrestling matches move for move, preview and review shows of WWE and AW pay-per-views, and much, much more. If you like my takes on wrestling, or even if you don't and you just want to talk about them in person with me one-on-one, this is your opportunity to do so and join a great community of wrestling fans. Go to WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com now and join for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month cheaper than your cup of coffee at Starbucks. And join me for some great wrestling conversation about all the fantastic matches that we are seeing week in and week out with some of the best talent in the world that's wrestling according to alba.com and mls number six five zero eight four equal housing lender Woo! as an adult don't we all miss spring break nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities well here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments save with conrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that we're routinely helping our listeners save five six seven even eight hundred bucks a month and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this but check this out no house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of matt hardy presented to you exclusively by the podcasting network and adfreeshows.com i of course am john alba joined as i am every single week by the 
a broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. You're in my neck of the woods, buddy, the tri-state area. How are you? I am doing all right, man. I am uh, planted out here right now by JFK Airport. I'm sure you've been through there a time or three. Uh, just getting back to the hotel after a very, very, very orgasmic dynamite. Yeah, all right. Let's let's just cut the crap. Let's get right to it, man. What the hell? Your 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 uh your best friend. He's a little pissed off at you right now because he was in the midst of a match with Hook. And it looked like Ethan Page wanted to use the FTW championship. But Matt Hardy, you stood up for what's right. You grabbed that championship and then you walloped Ethan Page across the face. Wow. Let's get it straight. Let's get it straight, John. He was never my best friend. So once I tried to save Private Party and I ended up getting involved in their business, he ended up having my contract also under control by the firm. And you know, he made my life living hell. And it wasn't a huge deal to me because I was obviously going to be defiant. I was going to fight him every step of the way. But then once he started taking advantage of my kids, a private party uh, of Zay and, and Quinn, uh, it was a whole different level. So then I kind of took a step back and I figured I had to do something different to find a way to get out of this. So I, I figured he, he was enough of a Matt Hardy fan. Mm-hmm. That mark, I could trick a mark, him. a mark to be or, um, a, a bit of a Matt Hardy mark yeah. th- that I that I could fool him, you know, that I could sway him into thinking we were best friends. I mean, I even got a bunch of those stupid shirts like he wears, you know, I would wear them and we dress similar. I had some from back in the Hardy Boys days, you know, just Stokely, on the other hand, you know, th- those were the, the, the two toughest points. Stokely, I knew I couldn't ever win him over. So that's why I came up with this whole plan with Hook, you know. Uh, he wanted to have me wrestle against Hook. Okay, sure. And then I told Isaiah. I told Isaiah, you can see at one point I said, dude, I promise I'll get us out of this. I got a plan. And it was the first time I was really nice to Ethan. And he was like, what? He said, you dead ass? And I said, yes, I am dead ass. I have a plan, my man. So with Stokely, he said that I was going to wrestle Hook. And I said, okay, I'll wrestle Hook. And I said, hey. How about we uh, make it a no DQ? How about it be is a false count anybody? He can have a match with Stokely. If I lose, it can be a false count anywhere. It can be a no DQ. And we're, we're banned from ringside. All these steps. And everybody's playing long thing. We're having great fun. And believe me, I was the first one to get that match official through Tony Khan. So I did that. So whenever I had that match with him, as soon as he got that red rum on me, I knew I was going to tap because I had to put Stokely in that match so we could get him off the table. We could get him off the board. And once I got him out of the equation, I had Ethan wrapped around my finger. It would not be a problem after that. And uh, as you can see, if you look back through the last few weeks in the, in the chain of events, it, it, it really all makes sense in the big scheme of things. So that's why you were body slamming Stokely Hathaway a few weeks ago. Of course, you know, there was footage cut out of that. We were practicing the red rum with him, and Isaiah was being Isaiah. I mean, this is my own man, right? Where he said, look, he said, if he puts the red rum on you, he said, tickle him. Tickle him. That's how you can get out. I heard he's like mad ticklish. And then Ethan put it on him. I said, dude, look, I felt it. I'll show you how to do it. And I actually choked Soakley out, out mm-hmm. during that training session. And uh, I remember <laughs> I looked at Ethan after he was laying there unconscious, his limp carcass. And I said, dude, I think he's ready. And Ethan said, 
That's interesting. But Stokely had that cut from the video package, and I guess he was a little embarrassed. But a little too embarrassed. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, we can B-roll that at some point because this has been a this has been a hell of an odyssey. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm not gonna beat around the bush here. I was completely full of shit when I said your kids call Ethan Tio. Yeah, and I was completely full of shit when I answered it yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I was... if anything, they call him asshole. <laughs> if they knew what that word meant, that's how they that's how they feel about him. <laughs> I was gonna say is Wolfie shound. I mean, to be it fair, they're around your wife all day long. They hear these words. It's not in it's not oh, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's not it's not uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You are correct. No. But but they just said, like, you know, Dada, when are you going to get away from this guy? I said, guys, trust me, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I'm going to be working with my own man, and I've got a plan. So, yeah, all is going to be right, and just wait until next week on Dynamite when I reveal the special stipulations that I put in this contract. And, and it's one of those things, like, Ethan Page, you have to always make sure to read – what you're signing? What the hell was that, signing? man? He didn't even take a read of that contract. I guess I did my job good, man. I'm a I'm a true worker. You know what I mean? I am a true worker. I make things work. Well, that's like so reminiscent of the Hardys. Like you're the one doing all the business. Jeff is the one just like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, I'm the businessman. He's the rock star. That's how it's always kind of went down. So you convinced Ethan Page he was the rock star. I think so. I mean, he was a big mark for the juke. Obviously, just juking all the time, nonstop, silly, living his best life out there. I mean, listen for real. Like, like talking about all this story, it is really remarkable where you guys started this all back in late October, early November. I, actually, the late September is when it first started. Okay, so it was September, yeah. even further back. Yep. To get from there. To having this great segment on Dynamite this week. And I would assume in weeks to come, we're going to get something pretty significant out of you guys. I mean, you guys like manifested that and put that out there. This was something that wasn't planned from the onslaught and, and you got it here. I mean, yeah. can, can you offer, I'm, I'm going to throw you up solo here to speak to the people. Can you offer some advice to any other wrestlers who might find themselves in situations like this, where you're trying to make something from nothing. And, and how do you go about that process? I mean, the, the most important thing in pro wrestling, I feel is that you have to realize that whatever you're given, it's your job as a pro to make the most out of it. You're going to be given stuff that isn't great. Uh, you might not be given any opportunity, but be pitching ideas, come up with stuff in your mind that you can do. And if you are given an opportunity to do stuff, then be as creative as you can, like try and take it in a different direction, especially if you don't have like a creative force on top of you and you have a little bit of creative freedom yourself. You get to work on it a little bit. So I feel like the most important thing with this story with with me and Ethan is that we understood where we wanted to go with it. And and then pretty early on, we kind of like laid things out, you know, and, and then uh once it was time for me to, to, to do my part and convince him that I'm his best friend and to convince him that him and I, we make a team for life. Uh, you know, it was re really easy, really easy to rock and roll. And then I, uh, once I had his full trust, I was able to get this contract together, which was going to make sure myself and Isaiah, we're going to be okay. We're going to be able to get away from, from him and Stokely and the rest of the firm as we want to do. So it's going to, it's going to be really neat. And I think people are going to greatly enjoy it once they find out what the, the stipulations were. It's it's uh, 
No, nowhere to go but up from here, guys. Interesting. Interesting. It was this is just like you and Mega just drawing something up, and Ethan just chose not to read it. Uh, yeah, easy. Just me and Mega drawing something up. Mega's a smart cookie, so I'm I'm sure that this is like legally binding. There's no way Ethan Page. Uh, oh, it, it, it's definitely. Believe me, if it wasn't legally binding and I wasn't set, there's no way I would have hit him with that title and showed my hand. You know, so I I, I knew I had him. I I had his ass in uh, in checkmate. Ethan Page strikes me as more of a smart Mark Sterling kind of guy, anyway. So. <laughs> not, yeah, like a yeah, like not not kind of a gimmick lawyer, not really like a good legit lawyer, like a no. gimmick lawyer. Yeah, I got a little heat with Smart Mark Sterling. I was backstage at Ring of Honor, and he cut me off while I was trying to interview him. He grabbed the microphone from me, mm-hmm. so so Slim Jay could rap. It was, Why would he do that? Well, it just kind of seemed like a dickish thing to do to me. But yeah, but, I mean, he, he he's kind of a dickish dude. Yeah. Uh, the, the trust busters. I'd, I'd like to see you and Zay bust some trust. Just saying. What it's worth. Wouldn't yeah. Hate seeing that. Wouldn't hate seeing that. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. All right. So cool stuff to look forward to on Dynamite. Uh, this, this is going to be a really interesting episode you and I are going to do because about half a year ago, we did a state of WWE and AW episode. And now we're going to do a state of WWE and AW part duh episode because so much shit happened this week that we just have to talk about it all we have to we would be remiss if we didn't i love talking about current events with you here's what the schedule is going to be guys next week even though as we tape this it's the anniversary of it next week you're going to get matt for the first time ever to my knowledge talking about his wrestlemania 25 match with jeff and i know very few stories about that i can't wait to hear your stories about that and then we're going to do the two-man power trip, which I know is an episode you've been looking forward to doing. So we got Definitely. a busy slate coming up here. Last week, we talked about TLC2. I know you had some friends over at WrestleCon coming by. What was the reaction to TLC2? Uh, everyone really enjoyed it. A lot of people put over the podcast. There were so many people uh, that, that were so complimentary of it at, uh, at a WrestleCon. So I really enjoyed it. I mean, people are really... People were really digging that episode, especially, and and they were just digging the podcast in general, which is uh, you know a really a great testament to the passion that I think you and I pour into this job. Oh, yeah. And I just got to share a story. So today I was in the uh, in the arena here on Long Island, Strong Island, and one of the guys who was in MJF's band uh, caught me as I was walking out of the dressing room. I was on my phone, and he didn't pause, but he's just like. <gasps> Grabbing his heart. Oh my God. Oh, wait, I'm so. I'm, and he was so excited, which was cool. But then, like he said, Oh my God, like you're one of my favorites and I love your podcast. And then he hit me with this, John, which popped me huge. Five, Cinco, five, Cinco, five, which I love so much. What the greatest compliment ever, right? To give the podcast, especially going like one of our, you know, uh, you know, one of our mottos that we hit yep. everything we we hit, you know, over and over. And like he he hit that. That was one of the first things that came into his mind to That's say awesome. to me, as opposed to just saying like, "Oh my god!" Like Hardy Boys are the greatest tag team ever, or I love the TLC matches, or "Oh my god, I love this, I love that about you." Like from the pro wrestling aspect, he just put over the podcast, which was so good, so hey, so kind of him. Whichever band member you are, thank you. We hope you've left that five single, five single, five star review wherever yes. you get your podcasts, because that's how you get involved with the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Yes. Maybe you'll even get a T-shirt out of it. I'll tell you what, band member, whomever you may be, send us a little DM, send us a tweet, 
And we'll make sure that you get an Extreme Life Matt Hardy t-shirt courtesy of Boxing. There you go. Okay? How about that? That's and you, you, you let us know which one you want. We'll get it to you. Boxygimmicks.com. Check out the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy store. So many cool things going on there. Uh, and everybody out there, you should be leaving those five Cinco, five Cinco, five-star reviews each and every week. Por favor. Por favor. Indeed. Uh, it was WrestleCon. You were out in L.A. I was out in L.A. Always great seeing you. Yeah. Uh, fun time. Looked like you were doing big money map business out there. I saw a wad of cash, if you will, come out of one of those days. Uh, WrestleMania is going to be something we're going to talk about on this episode. But you have a good time out in L.A.? Uh, I did. I, I had a really good time. And it's always a good sign whenever I'm worried about going through the airport with so much cash. And I'm trying to put it in, like, different bags to, like, move it all around. So it, it was a good weekend. And I, I want to thank everyone that came out to WrestleCon. So many people were so cool, so friendly. So many complimentary things were said about the current Matt Hardy, Zay, Ethan Page, Stokely story, which is currently going on on AWTV. And I said, oh, make sure to watch these next couple weeks. We're going to be, you know, reaching their crescendo. So make sure to stay tuned in. A lot of people, you know, put over the podcast and just just in general, really enjoying my time in AW, which I, I am as well. Very cool here because I was with you for one of the days for a bit. Just yes. so many people coming up to you and just saying, hey, man, send our best to Jeff. We love Jeff. Send our best to him. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I mean, that's just like – that's a constant every day, which is right. is really cool. And it's so nice how people are so thoughtful towards my brother, and they always just want me to, to pass along the message to him that, you know, he's uh, he, he is in their thoughts and prayers, which is, is cool, man, that people care. Well, he did surface on the Internet this week. A tweet went around. Someone ran into him on vacation, mentioned yeah. he had a eye surgery. And Jeff is looking looking good. Uh, what's what's the latest? What what kind of update can he get? Yeah, he just had some eye surgery and he's uh, recovering. You know, probably a few weeks out from being fully fully uh, physically cleared. You know, but hopefully hopefully sooner than later he'll be up for doing stuff physical again. But he did uh, sneak away with his family and go on a little vacation for a few days, which is nice. And you know, yeah, he's in a real good place in life, and I think he's he's very happy where he's at, and it it, it makes me. Very proud of him. And it also fills me with joy that he's happy with where he's at in life. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about the AW All Access show yet. Any thoughts on the All Access show? And uh, on top of All Access, we also got this big announcement all in Wembley Stadium. Holy crap, man. Two big things going on over there in AW land. Yes, we're, we're coming to the UK. We are officially coming to the UK. It's going to be wild, man. What do you think of that? I mean, I, I heard a lot of people saying online, they're like, Wembley holds 90,000. There's no way AEW is going to fill that up or anything. And I'm saying to myself, listen, I don't know if AEW is going to do 90,000, but AEW is yet to be to the UK. European wrestling fans are so hot and they love the AEW product. First time going over there, I easily see AEW being able to put 50,000, 60,000 people at Wembley. I really do. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very feasible. I think that's very realistic. I mean, there, there, there is a lot of demand for AEW over there, and I think if you come over there with some badass blockbuster event, I, th I think it would do really, really well. Because wrestling fans in in Europe and the UK, they're they're hot as it is anyway. And I think not only would you have fans just coming from the UK, you know, from you know Britain and Scotland and Ireland, you have people traveling from all over Europe to come there. Yeah, we're, 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 we're big in Germany. I, I get a lot of Germany has always had a lot of love for the Hardy Boys in general. So we've always had a, a huge German fan base. I remember that was one of the first things that 
they would tell us like with our merch that we were selling back when we first started getting hot in 99, 2000. And uh, I, I've seen, there were a lot of German fans that came through at WrestleCon. They were super excited to see AEW and they go, oh, we hear these rumors that they're going over to the UK. We really want them to come to Germany. We really want them to come to Germany. And I was like, well, guys, if, if we are, if we end up do coming to the UK, that's the first step in, in doing some more international business. So keep your fingers crossed. And who knows? You never know where Matt Hardy's going to be in life when those things roll around. Could be very exciting to see what you've got up your sleeves there. Man, AW had a hell of an episode of Dynamite this week. FTR, new tag team champions. The debut, re-debut, I should say, of Switchblade, Jay White. And he is officially all elite, as is Nigel McGuinness. Uh, what do you think of those two acquisitions, Jay White and Nigel McGuinness? But, but, but wait, John, didn't the internet say Jay White was going to WWE? It seemed like there was a lot of speculation there. Oh, my. In okay. the mud. Well, the competition's in the mud. I love to see it. It's a, a GIF or GIF. I haven't posted yeah. in a while, but I, it is one of my favorites. Uh, no, it was it was cool to have him join the team. Uh, I, I like his work a lot, and I, and I enjoy him. I, I enjoy him as a human being as well. So glad to have uh, Jay White and have him be Ollie. What do you think about Nigel? Uh, th- that was cool too. It was very cool seeing him today. Uh, I think he's so strongly associated with the ROH Ring of Honor brand. I, I think he's a, a a great fit to be part of Ring of Honor, especially to really solidify it as a legitimate Ring of Honor company. Yeah, and wherever you put him too, you put him. As an on-screen talent for AW, I'd love to see him with the the Blackpool Combat Club in some capacity. There, there's there's a lot of legs to run with. I saw at backstage at the Ring of Honor show. I saw our boy Ice, by the way. Right. He, he sends his regards. He, yeah, I saw him tonight too. Yeah, it's there good to you see go. Him. Always kicking ass there, Caprice Coleman, sending nothing but love there. Crazy week out in LA, man, and we're going to talk all about it here. Plus the major news story that. We'll take up a lot of our episode, the sale of WWE. But before we can get into any of that, Matt, please, without further ado, hit us with your Matt Fact. Matt Fact, Matt found it euphoric to finally hit Ethan Page. Was it orgasmic? Yes. Uh, that, that could Either one of those words could have been swapped in. It could have been euphoric or orgasmic, either or. Was it? intoxicating it was it was absolutely intoxicating because mm. that guy did especially once he started taking things out on on a private party i mean he kind of he kind of broke me i i definitely felt a little broken inside interesting and i feel like something i i may have may embrace going forward is that like you know a lot of people you know talk about me being uh, a wrestler of 31 years, you know, doing this for over three decades and how like my body is beat up, you know, because I've done so many crazy matches. I've taken so many crazy bumps. I've fallen off so many ladders and I've fallen through so many tables, been hit with so many chairs. Uh, I, I think one of the realities of things is that I am a version of broken Matt Hardy in reality without being the fantastical broken Matt Hardy. So uh, there, there, there could be something there. There might be a merger of a broken Matt Hardy maybe coming to our TV screens in the future. Interesting. Well, it's fascinating to me that, like, I saw you this past week and you were walking around because you've been in a wheelchair since you were 28 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who would have thunk it? It's a miracle, by God. <laughs> the man just stood up and walked. 
He's been he's been touched by the hand of God. He just stood up and walked. It's a travesty. It's a tapestry, even. It's a tapestry, even. <laughs> you got to see your boy Ron Simmons this week. It was a good good week at the office for yeah. Man I got Ron. to see Ron Simmons two weeks back to back. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Okay, man. I mean, look, we'll talk more AW stuff in a little bit, but like this. This is the craziest week in wrestling history. And I feel like in this year and a half that we've been doing this podcast almost now, we've said that a few times. This was the craziest week in wrestling history. Right. But like, I actually think this might have been the craziest week in wrestling history. Because not only was it WrestleMania week, but WWE was sold by Vince McMahon. I mean... Those words coming together, like we knew it was a possibility. Right. But Vince McMahon sold WWE. Mm -hmm. It is no longer a McMahon family-run company. Truly remarkable on the surface level. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of it, but your initial reaction to the sale by Caesar. Uh, as I said months ago, when we talked about the state of AEW and WWE, uh, the emperor, Vince McMahon, as he was so affectionately called back in the day, uh, I knew the emperor would play uh, a game of master chess, especially when it comes to Game of Thrones. You know, if, if he was coming back, especially if he felt like some people wrongly kind of pushed him out, especially like when he got that vote to have him removed and whatnot. Him being an alpha male, I know there is something inside of him that drives him to get back what he feels is rightfully his. So it, I, I wasn't surprised. You know, I went back and was listening to some of that podcast and I said, I, I think if, you know, with Vince returning, I, he might start slow. I said, but I think he's eventually going to dip his toe and then his foot, and then his leg, and, and dip a little more into his waist, and he's going to continue dipping his body until he's fully emerged, fully underwater in the WWE, or as he says, uh, in, in the weeds, maybe, in, in the, the one interview that he, he didn't know if he's going to be getting in the weeds. I mean, it really sounds like, from what I heard in the innuendo and, and some of the rumors and the speculation going around from Raw last Monday, that he uh, he was definitely in the weeds. That he had fully submerged his uh, his physical vessel in the uh, creative process of being the boss at WWE. I mean, the fact that he sold though in the first place, this company that he started with essentially a million dollars, and as we saw, the evaluation is nine point three billion now as it merges with UFC under the Endeavor umbrella. Right. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Um, I mean, e even going back to, you know, the last time we did this, which was back, it was actually the first week of the year. We did it back the, the first week of January. And that was the speculation, right, that they were selling because we've been talking to, I listened to a little bit of that episode to kind of refresh my memory. Uh, are they going to sell to this company, that company? They're going to sell to Saudi Arabia. You know, there's all these, you know, suitors on the table so to say uh so so if that was his play or you know if that's kind of his mindset that he was going to sell the company and especially if he could land himself in a position during that sale and i mean that's exactly what ended up happening and you know i'm, I'm not overly familiar i'm a, a very uh you know 
occasional UFC watcher. I'm not very uh, aware of like Endeavor and, and their relationship and the changes they've made to UFC, whatever. I'm kind of a fair weather fan when it comes to UFC. But I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how WWE looks now that they are owned by Endeavor and see how it puts a different spin or a different twist on it. Or are they still going to just like allow Vince to still kind of do his thing, work the Vince McMahon magic or whatever anybody calls it now in 2023 and, and, and then, and then figure it out from there. I, I'm very curious of, of what it's going to look like in the next say six months. Well, endeavor for context for people who may not be totally up to speed and you can check out strictly business with Eric Bischoff and I every single week too, if you'd like some real additional context of getting in the weeds of the business side of things, right. shameless plug for strictly business here on ad free shows. Endeavor completely changed UFC's business model in that UFC was obviously very successful with Dana White at the helm initially. And when the purchase happened after UFC 200, it became this super mainstream entity. I mean, the pay-per-view model changed with the ESPN Plus deal and everything, and that's something that we can talk about in a little bit here because maybe we'll see a change with the WWE pay-per-view model coming out of this. But it totally brought UFC to a mainstream pop culture forefront that it just wasn't at before where these fighters were able to have even more mainstream crossover and look after this deal ufc is estimated uh market value is 12 billion dollars and now ufc and wwe are going to combine essentially as one entity where you'll have the combat sports side and the sports entertainment side they'll be traded as one stock option tko it's going to be called under the endeavor umbrella and Endeavor will own the 51% majority share with the WWE shareholders having 49%. And Ari Emanuel, the owner of WME Endeavor, says that Vince will be left to run WWE's creative side as he sees fit. And he will not interfere with that. Lots to unpack there, Matt. I just wanted to break that down kind of logistically for you, but... We know Paul Levesque's staying on here as the chief content officer for now. But as you said, Monday night, I'm just opining here. It was a completely different show from what we've seen the last eight months. So tell me about it. I I, I didn't see sure. it. You know, I had like, you know, sure. 36 hours at home with my family. So I, I didn't catch that. You didn't watch wrestling while you were at home with your family? I know. Shame on me. You know what? I was watching The Mandalorian at 9 a.m. today. And Mercedes Vernado, Sasha Banks, shows up in it. And I just tweeted, Mercedes! And all these wrestling fans are tweeting at me. What? What is she? Is she back in WWE? Is she Is she at AEW? Did, did Tony Khan sign her? I said, guys, I was watching Star Wars. And I just want for five seconds not to think about pro wrestling after going to 16 events this past week. It's all I want. I saw her. I uh, chatted with her for a few yeah, minutes. How was she? Good. Yeah, she was good. Uh, you know, she seemed seemed happy. Uh, I saw her. I saw Trinity, and I, I took uh, Britt Baker over there, and she mm. said, "What's up to her?" She wanted to see her. I actually got to see one of the Usos too, which was very mm-hmm. cool. I got to chat with the uh, with Jimmy for a few minutes. Was Was Trinity feeling Usy? Uh, I, I would imagine. Okay. I mean, she's 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 officially Usy, so I would imagine she's always feeling she's officially Usy. Uh, but anyway, this episode of Raw. Changes 
up and down the wazoo. It was evident that there were changes up and down the wazoo on this show. Okay. Advertised things didn't happen. There were segments that were changed as we've heard. You mean like advertised matches didn't happen? Yeah, and there were actually there were plans for them to do two triple threat matches to identify number one contenders for the women's championship. And they both, as the show went on air, got canned and changed into something else. So were they advertised ahead of time? I believe they were advertised online, but okay. on TV they weren't. So okay. they were going to do that. Then um, that got changed. There was rumors of a Seth Rollins segment getting changed. There was a match between Omos and Elias that was thrown out there at the last second. Sean Ross Sapp reported that uh, Omos was in catering, and it was like an hour out from the show, and they're like, hey, you're on Raw tonight. Get on out there. He wasn't even in gear, none of that. Um, so... Yeah, and the report was that Vince was in Gorilla running shit, essentially. Now, one thing, Matt, he was in L.A. already for WrestleMania. It's possible he just did it for Raw, and SmackDown will roll around this Friday, and he's not there. That's totally possible. What's your gut say? Uh, my gut says if he's back in the, you know, if, he, if he's back in the Iron Throne uh, as, as the king, you know, I, I think when it comes game, to Game of Thrones, I, I think he'll be there much more often than not. Yeah. That, that's just my guess. That's my guess. So when he said that he'll be loosely and creative and not in the weeds, as far as you're concerned, is that Matt fact or Matt fiction? I, I, I almost, my guess, knowing Vince and kind of knowing his personality and his alpha maleness, I would guess that he would probably rely on Triple H to kind of put together the show, uh, create the content, uh, take it in a certain direction. He would probably have input to him, but I feel like if there there's things in there he doesn't like or he wants to change, he's definitely going to be very adamant about changing things, even if it is on the fly and live and, and chaotic. It sounded like the, from how you described and, and the, the few things I read about Raw Monday Night, it sounded like a very chaotic show, especially yes. backstage. Well, and Sean reported that there were multiple individuals who said if it were to continue this way, they would want out, including one near the top of the card, he said, which talk about a seismic shift from what we were discussing just four or five months ago here. It's totally different. I mean, I don't know what vibe you've gotten from talking to people, but trying to put yourself in their shoes. How do performers feel? when there's all those changes going on at the top, regardless of what the situation may be specifically. I mean, you've been in situations even in AEW where there's chaos at the top and stuff is all changing at the last minute. How do performers feel about that stuff? I mean, it, it can definitely be unsettling. Um, you know, the, the best thing that I can recommend to anyone is like, <clears throat> you can't really worry about stuff that you actually can't control. I'm sure there's some guys that were released before by Vince and now him being back in the driver's seat, they're, I'm sure they're very concerned about their their spot if they're going to be released again, You know, especially if they feel like it was a personal vendetta or whatever it may be. Uh, but it, but if there is chaos, once again, I say this is pro wrestling. And, and take this advice from me. One of the best things I can tell you about pro wrestling is like make the most out of whatever you have to work with. Be creative and like give your all, give your best, as opposed to bitching or complaining which is really easy to do. And a lot of times it's justified. But like if you're given an opportunity to go out and like make the most of it. 
It's going to be really fascinating to see because when a sale typically happens for a company, one of the first things you see, and I'm just being a realist here, one of the first things you typically see are cuts. That's something that happens in a lot, regardless of whether it would be talent cuts, office cuts, whatever it may be. We haven't seen cuts in a while in WWE ever since Vince left. And we, we haven't seen really anything of that. We, nature. We, we haven't seen any releases. We've only seen additions. Actually. Yeah, there, there was a small NXT release cycle and that was it. And that was just I think they kind of had a surplus of talent. They were cycling in and cycling out. And that was all ultimately low contracts at the end of the day. But it would be fascinating to see how talent are impacted right out of the gates here with this UFC and WWE merger because UFC Matt historically is not great to talent in terms of pay scale. Whereas right now, and I'm sure you can attest given your last run there, WWE superstars are being paid higher than they've ever been paid. Right. I mean, what is the level of comfort with performers right now in terms of what kind of money they're making there? When when AEW came along and they started offering more money, I, I do know that WWE started upping their their salaries, uh, which is a, a huge positive for the business and very important. Uh, one of the the positives of competition is that it, it thrives. It, it, it really it really helps the athletes thrive. It helps the fans thrive. I think because it makes each of the promotions. When I'm speaking about WWE and AEW, it makes them want to put on their best product possible put their best foot forward and and not only does that mean from like a creative standpoint and from a match standpoint but also from the talent standpoint and i think that that they get a little more driven to pay talent a little bit more if there's someone that they really really want especially if they know he has somewhere else to go so i think that's a positive and that still kind of lingers around like that's it if you're one of these fans who love WWE or you love aw you should never ever wish for the death of another promotion because that that greatly benefits your fandom because whatever promotion that you love is going to end up being better. And hopefully they're going to be getting better guys just because competition makes everyone better. Yeah. I just, I hope that talent are negatively affected in that because there are some other elements here that come into play. Like the pay-per-view model could very well change. You know, currently UFC has its content on ESPN plus people pay for that. And then you're paying the premium pay-per-view price. Sometimes a UFC pay-per-view is up to like $70, if not more than that. And WWE has been obviously giving away these premium live events for $9.99 a month, if not even cheaper on Peacock. Right. I mean, what do you think something like that, if there were a change there, what kind of tangible effect do you think that might have on fans and goodwill? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be interesting for sure. I mean, uh, if a uh, pay-per-view rate got jacked up that high if it went to some somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 dollars, especially in this economy we live in you know like there's a lot of people that are really pushing to just get through on a regular basis so i I definitely think that would be a blow to their pay-per-view model without a doubt i mean now it's such a good deal where if you have peacock you just watch and get the pay-per-view i mean i think that's a that's a, a a great motivating factor to want to have WWE on Peacock. Just, you know, you're going to get all those pay-per-views for free. It seems like you're getting a deal. It seems like you're getting a discount. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and once again, I am not in the loop, like you said, about with Endeavor and UFC. And if this means cutbacks and, and those start happening, I would imagine that's going to be a very unsettling move as well from WWE people. And, and it definitely sounds like something that's not out of the realm of possibility. 
but it, it could definitely slow down business a little bit, especially if they try and jack their pay-per-views up that much. I mean, there's still going to be diehards that are able to do it. They're that are going to get some of those pay-per-views without a doubt, but like not the same amount of people that were watching the, the premium live event feeds on the Peacock app. What did you think of Vince's first appearance in public in quite some time in that Ari Emanuel interview? He had a hell of a stash. <laughs> he had a hell of a stash. You know? Yeah, what uh, the uh, dyed hair? It, fe- it feels like he would have fit right in with the Adams family and Gothic baby there, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw when you posted that picture of Gomez, which was uh, a pretty <laughs> sly tweet. It's Vincent Price I posted the picture of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the when I, I went back and watched that interview, you know, you recommended it, and and I went back. I, I thought Vince carried himself very well in it, especially even the way. You know, they, they were trying to kind of stir him up a little bit with some of the accusations like, oh, well, do, do you think this really pushed you to sell more? This, You know, like he kept a very cool, calm, collective head. You know, he said, no, I didn't. You know, I, I was going to do it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my personal and my business life. And I can say that I've, I've done everything to, to make them right. You know, so he, he, he stayed cool there. It seemed like they were kind of trying to push his buttons a little bit, you know, but he, he stayed cool and kept a cool head. And it seemed like he was legitimately happy sitting there talking with, uh, with Ari. That, that's the name, correct? Ari. Yes. Uh, sitting there talking with him and just still, still understanding that he was going to be behind the helm, behind the helm of the ship. I, I, I feel like he, he was happy about that. And just knowing him, like I know him from working with him, I feel like that's just how he would feel internally as the alpha male. He is, well, he has to be in charge of shit. He's like someone who has to be in control of everything that he touches, everything underneath him. That's what I want to ask you because you've known Vince for so long and you've known him very well. Do you really buy that? this sale would have happened had this accusation stuff not pushed him out initially? No, not necessarily. I, I, you know, I, I think if he has smooth sailing and we're, we, we don't live in a period where the skeletons can kind of come out of your closet and haunt you, uh, I, I would imagine for him, it would probably just be business as usual. And as I've said, ever since, as long as I've known the guy, I mean, he's he's going to work and run WWE till he, till he dies. <laughs> you know, I I have no doubt about that. He's he's not the kind of guy that like retires. He's not the kind of guy that like wants to like lay around the house and go play a round of golf and just like you know just chill. He he he's just wired like that. But, he wa- he wants to be working. He's wired like that. But now with how this deal went down, in theory, he could be voted out. Well, especially now, I mean, he he is given the the ultimate power spot, which he still had before, which he was still able to retain because of his his uh, his uh, shares, right, of the company and whatnot. So, yeah, it it does put a, a totally interesting spin on it. So, I guess more or less, Vince is going to get his opportunity in the early genesis of this new merger uh, with Endeavor. He is going to get his 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 genesis of running things and and producing and doing a good job for the company. And I guess it's going to be intriguing to see what they think of his results at the end of the day. 
Well, what I know at the end of the day, Matt Hardy, is that this man is 77 years old and he gets like four hours of sleep every single day. And yet he's still out there up every single day working out to ACDC. And part of the reason he's able to do that is because he's probably taking his AG1s with Athletic Greens. Do you believe that, Matt Hardy? Uh, absolutely. Without a doubt. He's definitely got AG1s in his system. And what I'm talking about, I'm talking about one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I'm not sitting here telling you that AG1s won't prevent you from sneezing, but you know that if you're Vince McMahon, some way, somehow, there ain't going to be no sneezes coming out of you after you're drinking AG1. Uh, because Matt Hardy, rumor and innuendo has it, he hates sneezing. Yes, he does. He is not a fan of sneezing. Vince fact, Vince does not like sneezing. <laughs> well, it's lifestyle friendly is AG1, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or if you're like Vince McMahon and you eat restaurant steaks for lunch, whatever happens, AG1 is going to contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good and supporting mental clarity and alertness and the best part about it it's going to cost you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew habits cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance matt hardy i know you've been traveling like crazy lately how has ag1 been helping you stay alert i mean it really does especially with these long days even like this morning we're doing this uh, after dynamite and as we say here now we're already past midnight i was up at, at 6 20 a.m this morning and i took those ag1s i went downstairs i got my cardio in i got my workout in i got my stretch on you know trying to do everything that i can to not be broken matt hardy even though in real life i am broken matt hardy uh but ag1s greatly pushes me through that and that's my process every single day that i'm on the road get up first thing take that and i don't think i would be here and awake if i didn't have my ag1s this morning well, you should make like Matt Hardy, just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs, Matt Hardy, with your first break? Free travel packs? Uh, five. Cinco. Five. Cinco. Five free travel packs. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and we thank athletic greens and ag1 for sponsoring the extreme life of matt hardy hey guys it's the hardcore legend mick foley here and i need to call a quick timeout a brief timeout because i wanted to tell your listeners what i have been telling foley is pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com the wait is over, as an all-new Conversations with Conrad is finally here. He created the soundtrack to so many of our childhood memories, with iconic themes like The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Ultimate Warrior, and many more. The legendary Jim Johnston sits down with Conrad for a two-hour career retrospective. Available now, only on adfreeshows.com. Literally started watching some tape of the guy, and I just started doing this to the kind of what I felt like was the tempo of him running. And then I recorded that. And then just over that, you're just doing. You know, it's so simple, but that's what felt like him. That's just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, four. 
see for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today, sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. Yeah. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Matt, I, I want to ask you, when you guys were... Back in the early 2000s, height of the McMahon-Helmsley era. Did anyone ever think the secession plan was anything other than Stephanie and Shane taking over? Uh, No, I I felt like the succession plan people saw that was going to happen was going to be Stephanie and and Triple H taking over. Even Even before Triple H and Stephanie like got married, they still felt that way? I mean, once they were together and they were to act on TV and Vince was pushing the McMahon-Hemsley era on TV and they were causing trouble, he was already leaning on them and, and, and trips. Hunter was gaining power like crazy at that time, too. He became a really, really powerful force in WWE, especially from a, from a direction standpoint. And, yes, I, I think most people say, like, okay, well, whenever Vince does right off into the sunset, it's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the Triple H and, and Stephanie show. And now to see how it's unfolded, where Stephanie's not even in the picture anymore. Right. It's got to be surreal for those guys like you and some of your peers to just kind of see how the lay of the land looks now. I mean, it's uh, once again, it's a it's a real life billions. It's a real life succession. You know, in so many ways, it's a real life Game of Thrones. I mean, really, you have so many people that are just grasping for power and who who is ultimately going to get in that in that top power position. Well, I guess we got to talk about what went down at WrestleMania then, because this report broke as the doors were set to open for the second night of WrestleMania, which was crazy. Um, How much of WrestleMania did you get to see? I I saw a lot of the two nights. I had things that were going on. At one point I was going through security at the airport had a little downtime uh, th- that I didn't get to catch, but I-, I watched. I watched quite a bit. What was your reaction to WrestleMania as a whole before we get into the weeds of the creative? Because yeah. I can't wait to joust on creative with you here. Sure, yeah. Uh, I I thought it, WrestleMania was a, a a really solid event overall. I I feel like if you're a WWE fan, um, whether you're a diehard or a casual fan, I feel like it was pretty fulfilling those two nights of, of WrestleMania. What a set, huh? The environment looked amazing on TV. It was I, yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked larger than life. And just that, that stage and, you know, the entrance, the ramp was so massive. It was, it was a hell of a set, no doubt. It's got to be cool with you guys going to the UK now at Wembley. Like, y- you'll get a chance. I know it's been a while since you felt that. I feel like that, that show in Wembley will be the closest thing you get to that feeling. Right. Just to get that larger than life set. And it was six years ago this past week that you and Jeff walked down that iconic WrestleMania 33 set. Sure was, yeah. We live in that and going through your head, I can only imagine. <sighs> okay. 
solid show. I thought night one was a lot better than night two as a whole. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it, man. First off, night one, you got the tag team main event. They went with it as the main event. Sammy right. Zane, Kevin Owens defeating the Usos, getting the moment. Emotional tag match. I thought this match, Matt Hardy, was one of the best tag team matches in WWE history. And it reminded me almost of, I don't know if you've ever seen this match, the strong style evolved match between the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers, Coda and Kenny in California. It was like 2018, I think, right before AEW got announced. The emotions, the physicality, and the storytelling in this match were off the charts. What was you, Matt Hardy, tag team specialist, what was your assessment of this main event? I mean, the, the, their story had been so amazing leading into it. So I, I, I knew the story was good. Uh, people were really into all of the characters' journeys. There's been a lot of twists and turns. And then you have four guys that you know can produce when it comes to in-ring, you know, in-ring entertainment, in-ring athleticism. So I expected the match to be really good, and I had high hopes. But I, I, I really enjoyed the story they told and, and just the, the emotional investment into it from all the fans. I mean, it just makes any kind of match that is a good quality match. It makes it 10 times better. What do you think it does for tag team wrestling that a tag team championship main event at a night of WrestleMania for the first time ever? That, that was great. And I, and I love to see it. I wish, uh, I wish they would do it more. You know, there, there were a few times where we did uh, three way matches. I, I know there was at least once actually maybe in a four way with the APA where it was myself, Jeff, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and then APA, and we made an event at MSG and just one of the big house shows, which was so cool. Um, I, I think tag team wrestling is is a very special, entertaining field in pro wrestling, and I think it is very important for it to be highlighted as a main event every you know every now and then, especially in AEW. It's something that they they like to do. They like to highlight tag team wrestling as the main event, and each division you have in pro wrestling, it ultimately becomes as important as you make it out to be to your fans. So for them to put this tag team title match, which already had so many people emotionally invested in it, for them to put this on last and this big title change and really like give Sammy and and Kevin Owens a, a great payoff to their program with the bloodline, I thought it was great. I thought it was very, very well done. I also thought Rhea and Charlotte Flair killed it too. They had a great physical ass match. They beat the hell out of each other. I, I, I love to see it, man. Yeah, night one had a few real good matches. I thought Logan Paul and Seth Rollins had a great match. Yes. Uh, Rhea and Charlotte, as you alluded to, really tore the house down and just crushed it. Uh, the main event was just so spectacular. I mean, it, yeah. it really was one of those matches where everything you love about pro wrestling was part of that match. The callbacks where, again, you pay attention, you get rewarded. The selling from Sammy, Sammy Zayn could teach a master class in selling. And that's, that's how you get, especially in a tag match, right? Like that's how you get people invested in your story. Cause someone has to be out there selling. Uh, Jeff is so good at selling and that's what helps you gear up for that hot tag. Someone has, has, someone to has to be in jeopardy. Someone has to be in jeopardy. Yeah. Sammy is just masterful. Uh, in that environment, John Cena getting the Make a Wish Kids entrance. What a special moment that was, too. Yeah. And uh, main event, truthfully, was the main event after the main event. 
in the press conference where there were a couple Matt Hardy podcast references. <laughs> uh, if you heard that, uh, I Sammy, did. Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens weren't exactly familiar with the walls of Alexandria, <laughs> but they were familiar with Let It Play Out. I know that popped you big. Yeah, they both did. Ex- extremely big. Even I popped when you said, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, uh, being outside of Alexandria. And I was like, I, th- I think you have to put some context on it, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny. It's so funny because ever since you brought that into my life, yeah, I have heard other people use that in in, com- in as like a euphemism. Yeah. I, to the referencing the confines of comfort. Yeah. And and I, I had never I'm sure I had heard it before, but I never put two and two together until you introduced it to me. Right. Because when I tweeted or when I said it, people were watching the press conference and they're like, oh, John Alba just referenced The Walking Dead. Yeah. So, so I was like, OK, but people know what I'm talking about here. But I guess in their case, they didn't. But I tried to add the context of, hey, stepping outside of comfort. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just naturally came out of my head too. You've poisoned I mean, my you, brain. You, you threw it in as a perfect analogy. I just, yeah. I, I just think they they lack context. You you've poisoned my brain is what's happened here. Mm-hmm. But Stick around. I'll continue I'm, to. I'm broken, um, <laughs> but but yeah, man. I thought they gave such a great answer to that too, in talking about you know the care that when uh, Sami Zayn said this is to the what the Sopranos were to TV, this is to WWE. I thought that was a really cool. Yeah, response from Sammy on that, and just feeling the end of night one, Matt. I was like, "This is the perfect tee up for night two. For the first time ever, we're gonna have like cohesion between the WrestleMania main events." Uh-huh. Until night two happened, Cody Rhodes lost. The big crowning moment never happened. How long did they go? How long was that main event? That went thirty five minutes. It was, I'll, I'll step on my soapbox here. Yep. It was, in my opinion, one of the best WrestleMania main events ever. Like, I thought if that match finished a certain way, I think we're talking about it in, like, the top three WrestleMania main events of all time. Mm-hmm. Instead, Roman Reigns continues his reign. What did you make of the creative, Matt Hardy, to not make Cody the guy here? I mean, I mean, I, I will 100% tell you, I think they had a, I think they had lightning in a bottle and they could have made a really magic moment there if, if Cody would have won and, you know, came back to finish the story and actually finished it there and ran as the champ for a while. You know, Roman could have time off. He could act or do whatever. I don't, I don't know what his plans are. I'm acting like I do, but I don't. Um, and, and I, I think it would have been a big win. I think if Cody would have won the title, it would have been a big win. But with that same thing being said, looking at it from another perspective, if they actually have something, if they have this great idea for Cody to, if they have a great idea for Cody that is mapped out for the next few months or whatever, and maybe it was some sort of representation of Cody first had to feel like his dad to actually overcome bigger obstacles that's something that i might could get with i i dug the deal with brock lesnar turning on him the next night because i feel like if you are going to get back to roman that just can't be your only thing like i've got to wrestle roman again or whatever yeah i feel like you need something else to overcome so to stick a brock lesnar in there and be able to overcome a brock lesnar and beat a brock lesnar to get back on path get back on the path of, of facing roman Wayne, roman reigns to finish the story i uh I could I could possibly get behind that, but I don't think you can go too long with it. Like 
I don't think you can like go a year. I think this is something that they could probably at a maximum go through SummerSlam before fans start to lose hope and faith in Cody Rhodes. I, I think you might could build him up, have beat a Brock Lesnar, maybe somebody else, and get back to Roman, and then you could do the win where Cody becomes the undisputed champion. But I, but I think it there the window is is smaller than I think a lot of people think. I think this can't go for a long time. I think if they would have done it in this moment, it would have been huge, and Cody would have been a made guy. Uh, he would have been off and running, and it, it would have been excellent. They didn't. They might have something great behind them. They might not have anything. But I do like the thing about Brock and him overcoming him if he's got to get back to Roman. The one tie-in that I like, which I just – what it's going to take to to win the big one so th that's my th that's also as you can always remember john i am the ultimate optimist that is me being optimistic about it so i would love to hear your take on it my take is they missed an all-time moment and i think matt they're going and again this is me speculating i think they're going to try to draw this out to next year's wrestlemania and i think they're going to try to do exactly what they did in 2013 2012 with John Cena where he lost to the rock and then he had to go through a year of hurdles to go back and beat the rock a year later, but there's a significant difference there. John Cena was a made man at that point. Right. And, and Cody was knocking on the door here, Matt, I was there. There were 80,000 people ready to see Cody Rhodes win that championship. They were ready for it. Yep. You, you had the hot finish of night one where the cracks in the bloodline are there in this main event. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get their comeuppance on Roman Reigns. It's this great moment, and now it's leading to Cody, and it doesn't happen. And look, they might be able to tell a great story over a year of Cody trying to overcome hurdles, and I understand that. And it, it it's fascinating, right? But think of all the variables at play. One, you're hoping nobody gets hurt over the course of a year, which is very difficult. Right. Number two, you're hoping the crowd stays just as hot on Cody for a year, which is very difficult. Could yes. happen, but it's very difficult. You hope the crowd stays as hot on Roman for a year, which probably will happen, but still, it's a variable. You never know. Right. You, What happens if someone else gets super hot like Sami Zayn did? All of a sudden, your one-year plan goes out the window. Think of it this way, Matt. When Triple H faced Batista at WrestleMania 21, it was an obvious moment, right? Triple H puts him over, makes Batista the guy. What if Batista lost because he has to overcome more hurdles just for the sake of it? Would Batista have ever become the made man that he was? I'm not so sure. Because I think Triple H putting him over in that moment was what helped make Batista who he became. Sure, I agree with that. And 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 for the record, too, much like I said in our predictions last week, I mean, I, I think it would have been I think the most optimal time to put the title on Cody would have been at WrestleMania. Also. And on top of that, Matt, has Cody not overcome enough obstacles already? The dude just yeah. missed seven months due to a torn pack. Yeah. <laughs> like his first match back was the Royal Rumble and he won it. Those are obstacles in and of itself. He was stardust. He went away for years and he came back. Those are all hurdles to clear. I just think this is like such a and, – and I'm not trying to be negative here because they can tell a good story. But this is such a we're in the world of WWE and we have 
to do things for the sake of doing things. But sometimes is it not just okay to let the crowd go home happy? Sure. SummerSlam 2000, TLC. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> the Hardy Boys could have walked out of there as tag team champions in Raleigh. Yeah. And everyone would have been like, shit, that's awesome. But and and like look at Dynamite this past week. FTR, the team everyone wanted to see win the cha- the tag team championships. Guess what happened? They won the tag team championships. Right. Everyone knew it was gonna happen, but it didn't matter because they won. And everyone's like, that's awesome. I don't know, man. Like, like I feel like, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Wrestling is built on moments, right? 100 percent And so few times you get a chance to harness a special moment. Did you hear Triple H's response when I asked about that to him? Uh, yes. I, d- I don't remember it verbatim, but I do remember it. Yeah. He says it's feel when you're booking. Yeah. And you either feel it or you don't feel it. And sometimes you go back and forth on it. How much did you as a wrestler when you're making decisions like that? I know you're not necessarily in the booking seat, but you know, you, you even when you're putting a match together, feel. like How much does that play into all of this side of the industry? I mean, it does. There, there's times where you have to feel what the audience wants and, and kind of cater to them. I mean, especially the live audience. I think that's one of the things that has gotten so lost over the years are way too many people listen to stuff they read on the Internet, which isn't always accurate because people have different motives for posting things about wrestling. If they have someone they personally dislike or whatever, you still have to like put so much stock into the people in a live venue and listen to them because that is the biggest barometer of what's actually over. When you guys have, when you have guys come out and and the crowd's cheering for them, they're with them the whole match, they're into the match. I mean, that is the biggest barometer that people is that people are over or not. It's not what someone says on the internet because they don't necessarily like a guy or he doesn't wrestle the style they like, or he's like, man, he's too broken for them. You know, that's, that, that's not the barometer. Uh, the barometer is what is in the, the the live arena and how the fans react to you. So, yes, I, I do feel like there are times it is very important. Like, if you're a baby face and you're getting the shit beat out of you and you start fighting back and the crowd starts coming, you need to come back until that, that, that chant crescendos. And then they stop you. Right. But you don't have them stop you early because at the end of the day, we are still, you know, athletes that are live active stuntmen that also are guys that do drama i mean we we listen to the crowd and and that is actually their reactions are what dictates a lot of what we do in the live arena the live venue and and it's very important to listen to those things and also gauge things sometimes you need to take you know five or ten more seconds and it really just makes the match so much better and, and pro wrestling, at the end of the day, so many people get wrapped up on this five-star match, having a fiver, this great work rate, whatever. At the end of the day, you look back at the guys who made the most money, legitimately made the most money, and it's usually guys who were focused on creating moments and also had these great characters and these these journeys that the, the audience were, were invested in. And that's why I thought Cody's journey, it sold itself. It's such an easy story to understand that we don't need to, we don't need to pro wrestlingify this story. It, it sells itself. It, it, we don't have to go into kayfabe because the reality behind it is a great story, right? Yes. 
No, I, I, I agree. I totally agree with that, like, that stance. It didn't need to be for I Matt, I was so confident that Cody Rhodes is winning. I pre-wrote my entire article. I had 2,000 words written about Cody Rhodes winning this championship. I just had to plug in some quotes, and I was ready to go. And then yeah. that, that three count happened, and my jaw dropped, and I couldn't believe it, but I had just seen. And I said, I'm going to be up until 6 a.m. writing a new article about Roman Reigns beating him. Oh, <laughs> Shame on me, I guess. Shame on me at the end of the day. I tell, I tell, even, even when you posted, I was like, oh, John, <laughs> I know you're going to have some people come for you. <laughs> I, I might have just left that one in the drafts. <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, I mean, it, it was funny. I wasn't complaining. It was funny. Like, I was genuinely yeah. laughing at it. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand, Matt, is that that is commonplace in sports writing. Like, of anything, course. Of, of any, course. Any no, piece I, of, of course writing you've ever read has been pre-written for the most part. Like, but also, also we're dealing with FIs on the toxic know, social media spaces too. I know we are. I know. We are. I know. You know? I mean, and that's the thing. People were like, "Oh, he's complaining." He's bitching. I was like, "I wasn't complaining." I genuinely was like, "Oh, well, fuck <laughs> me, I guess." Right? Like, like that was that was my reaction. I, I turned to Connor Casey from Comic Book. I was like, "Fuck me, I guess, huh?" You know? <laughs> it, was, it was just. I was laughing about it. It was true. Tremendous. Tremendous. Um, yeah. Um, do you think that? this was any of Vince's influence on like having to teach a lesson to the guy that started the company that waged war on him. Because you remember sting waltzes into WWE to have his WrestleMania match against triple H and everyone's like, man, this is so great. Sting's going to get his WrestleMania moment. He's going to beat triple H. And he's going to ride off in the sunset. And then he lost because of WCW like, could you see a world where maybe Vince had some influence here and was like, now, nah, Cody, you got to pay your dues, pal? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was also a guy who got who got fired because it was out of convenience. I was the easiest one to get rid of because of being off TV. But when I forced their hand and they had to hire me back, Vince like, okay, well, I'm going to show him. Right. You know, and, and I could see this. So Cody, he ends up leaving. He goes out. He creates a company. He creates success. He gets himself over. He's a big deal, and he's all behind him. But like you know, Vince comes in at the end of the day. Like, hold up, before you are going to run the ship, I'm going to show you. I'll make you earn it. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know if that is the actual, factual, true, true deal because I feel like Vince. I mean, who am I kidding though? Uh, Vince owns Cody and he's a property, but he also owned WCW and it was a property and he could have turned to something great, but he still held that grudge of it's WCW and we have to, you know, get this stain. You know, these WCW guys are tarnished, damn it. This is WWE. You know, I mean, could that have been an ulterior motive? Sure, of course it could have been. Yeah. Matt, it's just a reflection for me of WWE's inability. And, and this is not me trying to crap on WWE. I'm, I'm just speaking very honestly here. WWE's inability to create a top, top, top guy star in the last 10, 15 years. Roman Reigns finally became that guy. And Roman Reigns is a huge star. No doubt about it. He's a huge star. He's also a heel. He's not a big top guy babyface right now. He's a heel. And it's a little easier to create that top guy heel than create that top guy babyface. And Cody Rhodes... The opportunity was there to make him this mega star. I use the term John Cena level. I mean, maybe he's not quite John Cena level, but he would have been a huge freaking deal. He's the guy you throw out there at press events. You throw him out there at press conferences. He could have been that guy. And I just think they missed the opportunity. And I don't know yeah. if they can get it back. 
Yeah, Co- Cody's a great ambassador. I mean, just from my time spent with him at AEW and some of the things he did there, he's a great ambassador for a company, no doubt. 100%. Uh, you got your media rights negotiation coming up. I mean, how important do you think this thousand-day number for Roman Reigns is? Uh, I heard more of that throughout the weekend. I, I think it was a pretty significant factor. It, in someone's opinion, it was a pretty significant factor that he was going to achieve you know, the four digits on his reign and get to a thousand. Do, do fans care about that stuff? Some people do. I mean, if you, if you keep count of it, I guess you do. I, I don't personally, I, I'm, I'm more focused on the moments, you know, I, I uh, I'm half-assed in an athlete category and I feel like I'm fully in the entertainment, entertainment category nowadays, you know, but things like that, 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 that doesn't really make a big deal to me at all. I mean, I, I see the significance because people have gotten so behind him, you know, but just whether it was 945, 950, whatever it was, or 1,000, it was still going to be a monumental moment that would have made Cody a made man. I just don't think they're going to get the moment back. I don't. And, 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 and also, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have taken anything away from Roman Reigns. At Not the in the slightest. Game. Not in the slightest. And guess what? Roman Reigns could have gotten the title back in a month for all I care. You know, it's just like you have the moment. And remember when they passed on Sammy, they passed on giving Sammy that moment. Yours and mine's justification was, well, you know what? It's okay because Cody's the guy. Right. And then he didn't become the guy. So they passed on two top babyface making moments in favor of extending this. I just don't know when, how often do you stumble across opportunities to have made men like that? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to say, I hope they have a plan. <laughs> do they? Hmm, I don't we know. Just got to let it play out. Right. Yeah. I guess we do have to let it play out. Let it play out. I mean, look, I'm, I'm excited. It, I'm excited for Cody. Cause I do think Cody will win that championship one day. It just, right. It was a bummer. I walked out of that stadium and I saw so many disappointed fans. And like, is that how they should be leaving WrestleMania? I don't no. know. You want them leaving ecstatic. It's especially juxtaposing it to the night before. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Where they were. I mean, it was one of the most emotional moments I've ever seen at a wrestling event watching Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win. It was amazing. Right. I don't know, man. Just a believer that you should leave happy. Like that's your premium event of the year. That's your staple. The sale is happening on the next day. Like you should want to be talking about people being left home happy. And this bloodline story was just executed to such precision. And now I, it almost feels like you're extending it for the sake of extending it. I I, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And, and I feel like, once again, that's the Super Bowl of wrestling. That's the World Series of wrestling. And the cool thing about pro wrestling is that we have a hand in making sure people get the desired result. And I think this is just an opportunity where them not getting that desired result wasn't necessarily a positive. You I, know, I, 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 think, I think there was I think there was a lot of a lot of positive things that would have, have came out of, of Cody winning, you know, and I, I don't think a lot of negatives for 
for Roman and, and the bloodline. I, I think in some ways there could be a positive because it takes her story in a, in a different direction. Oh my God, is the, the bloodline breaking down? Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that they have something, a master plan laid out. They may, they may not, who knows. But, yeah, I, I think it could have been lightning in a bottle if, yeah. if, Cody, if Cody would have won that match. Well, so it's like, and all the comeuppance happened, right? Like, Sammy got the comeuppance. Kevin got the comeuppance. It, it was there for the taking. Yes. It, it, for the super villain to fall. Like, you're waiting for that. And then it doesn't. And... I saw someone tweet. It was actually um, from Waves and Curls. Trayvon tweeted at me. He was like, well, you need to get the Infinity War before you can get to the end game. But I feel like we've had like nine Infinity Wars already. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like the Infinity War was, uh, you know, Seth and Cody with three matches. Then he tears his pack and he's like gone away for a long time. <laughs> right. And then like how many times has Roman cheated to win? It's happened dozens of times. So, I don't know, man. And, 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 and once again, I'll just to reiterate to everyone, just to make sure this point doesn't get missed, like, Roman is awesome. He's, he's on another level. He's, he's amazing. amazing at what he's doing. Uh, and, and it's very important to have a, a great heel champ. I'm just so – I'm so happy they finally turned him heel. Like, I, I thought he should have been turned heel a long time ago. And ultimately, whenever he becomes a babyface, he's going to be the, the biggest thing ever, you know. But – Roman did great. He's killing it. But there's also times where you have to make other guys to go around. So you don't just like really depend on Roman being, you know, the, the be all end all. Right. Well, you know, it would be nice to make another guy. Who has been made as, as much as I've loved this bloodline stuff, who has been made by it? Sammy Zayn got over on his own and they fed into it. They, they, you know, they got on the fly and they changed things and right. he got over as a result. This was your chance to make Cody, and you just didn't do it. And it's, it is what Roman Reigns says. We're in the third inning of this story. Well, that means maybe WWE needs a pitch clock after all, because it's, it's a, I'm all about long stories, but we're three years into this thing. We're three years in. That's, yeah. I don't know, man. So, so, so last year, Roman beat Brock, right? Roman beat Brock. At WrestleMania, what about the year before that? The year before that, he beat Brian Danielson and Edge. Uh, that's right. That's right. Oh yeah, that's where he stacked them up, right? He stacked them up and pinned both of them emphatically. <laughs> Why does that pop you? Why does that pop you? Uh, Christian, uh, we, we we he would say that line to me, and we would internally pop that he stacked them up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there was something else he said. Whatever he said, the terms mm. he said, I you know, I stacked him up. I, I did this. I did this, and I pinned him. He like <laughs> hit the hit the quote verbatim, and we just get we got tickled over. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look, it, the the saddest part is, I think that ending is the difference between looking at that as an all time great WrestleMania and not. That's just my opinion. Booking is subjective, as I said in the press conference. Correct, but. I think how a show ends matters. It matters. Right. Yeah. And I just, listen, I, I, this is, I know the FIs are going to come out and they'll be like, oh, good job, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's something Tony Khan would have done. No, I, I I don't either. I I think he would have realized, like, this is, we've got to go this direction. 
you know, and, and on top of this, it like makes another guy. Tony's all about trying to make guys, you know, you can look back at some of the work I've done in this program with like, you know, Hook yeah. and, and Jungle Boy. I'd say you know, Tony sometimes is too generous about trying to make guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's just how it is. So yeah, not trying to compare apples to apples or anything, but it just, I don't know. I, I it was disappointing to a great event and a great week. I had such a great time out there. I hope right. you had a great time out there as well. Um, I did. Yeah, man. I mean, any final thoughts on kind of where we are in wrestling right now as all of this stuff happens? We're in uncharted territory with WWE. AW's going international. How you feel yeah. about all this? I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, we'll, we'll know this uh, whenever it drops tomorrow, you know, on the Ad Free Shows Network. But, like, what the actual interest was uh, in AEW Dynamite tonight, you know, uh, as this is now where – 12.41 a.m. as we're recording this. Uh, I, I feel like there were going to be some extra eyeballs just because of some of the bad faith towards WWE, especially from the online fans, the diehard fans, the people that are the most outspoken. You know, I, I feel like, uh, oh, well, let me tune in AEW. And I feel like the whole Jay White thing, the reason they sent him out there, seg one, is just like, hey, look, this is the guy who was going to WWE, but he's here. You know, just to, to have a little goodwill on AEW's behalf. So hopefully, hopefully that as well. I think that's a, a big deal that we're going to the UK. That's going to be an exciting show, uh, playing a, a historic venue out there, right? And uh, maybe that opens up doors for AEW doing some more global stuff and, and continuing to expand. And it and it is expanding, and and that's what we need, man. I mean, even if AEW isn't necessarily your cup of tea, and you love WWE, I think you want AEW to succeed because that's going to help keep WWE in check and, and help them stay on their toes. And it's just going to be really interesting over the next course of the immediate future, the next few months, the next six months, the next year, just to see how Vince does in this new role where he is potentially in a role that he doesn't, you know, doesn't have all the power. You know, he he, he isn't able to, to be the king on the Game of Thrones. He isn't the, the, the be all end all. So it's going to be interesting to see how they like the results that Vince gives them, you know, when it comes from their, their new big investment, you know, if the results are something they aren't happy with, then, you know, maybe they push Vince out and put someone else in the batter's box. And honestly, look, I, I think this UFC WWE thing it is good for the industry. I really do believe in the long, long, long play here. I right. think it's good for the industry. It puts pro wrestling in front of an even bigger audience. And it tells your UFC fans, your MMA fans, who maybe look down on wrestling a little bit, it, it maybe opens their eyes to accepting it a little more. And and I think that that's a good thing for the health of the industry. In yeah. So I, I, I think it, it, it's definitely going to show some of those UFC fans who might not respect as much like, wow, there's a lot of value in it. You know, they're, there's, they're investing in this and it's a pretty big deal. So there, there is a lot of value in this art. As you would say, there's a lot of equity in it. Yes. And there is a lot of equity in partnering up with the extreme life of Matt Hardy. You head over to advertisewithhardy.com. You're going to get your business, your entity out in front of thousands of fans every single week. Make sure you're following us on social media, Matt Hardy Pod there. And on Facebook as well, you can look up the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Matt, next week we are talking WrestleMania 25, you and Jeff, extreme rules match. What are fans going to get a chance to look forward to with that one? I mean, it's hard to believe that actually happened. WrestleMania 25, you have two little 
redneck kids from the little podunk town of Cameron, North Carolina, in one of the marquee matches in WrestleMania, wrestling one another. Very cool, man. Very great memories and something I'm it, – it's a, it's a milestone I'm very proud of. Myself and Jeff, our two biggest dreams as kids, we're going to be pro wrestlers one day. We're to one day be the world tag team champions together, and the other dream was to, to wrestle each other at WrestleMania. Lo and behold, we did them both. Very excited to pick your brain on that one. You and I have not spoken a lot about that time period, so I'm excited to hear what you've got to say about that. Again, adfreeshows.com. Guys, make sure you're subscribed there. You heard Mick Foley talking earlier about the great things going on. Jim Johnston, sit down with Conrad. That's super cool. And Matt and I will have some bonus content for you guys over there this month as well, which should be great. Anything else you'd like to add here, my friend, on this State of Wrestling Part 2 episode? uh no man uh just i enjoyed the weekend being there live and in a living color i saw a lot of familiar faces i hadn't saw in a while it's always great whenever you have these you know wrestle cons at wrestlemania and like everybody's in town it's always cool it's like a big family reunion it's cool running into people but i enjoy it man and, and once again I, I love that pro wrestling is such is the talk of the town once again in so so many ways i think it's it's good for the industry it's good for the business uh, and I hope WWE ends up turning out as good as possible because I think that's just going to push AEW to be better as well. But uh, there, there's going to be no lack of excitement in wrestling drama. I feel for the next few months, so it's going to be it's going to be very fun to follow and watch. Yeah, a lot of tweets when Roman Reigns made his entrance with all the pianos, and they were like, "Where's Rebby?" Yes, I did see a lot of those. Yeah, expecting her to pop up there. Hey, you never know. You never know. One day could happen when uh, King Maxwell and Lord Wolfgang are tag teaming at WrestleMania one day. Maybe they'll get a broken entrance of their own. Could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Could happen, my friend. Good stuff. We will be back next week right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. ExtremeHardy.com. Make sure you're subscribed. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Adios, guys. <laughs>